May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our Savior. Amen. Yesterday, the theologian uh, Rachel Held Evans was buried. She died too young. Her voice won that against the trend, an evangelical that came to the Episcopal Church, she spoke of inclusion and union and love. The theologian Nadia Boltz Weber, who's a Lutheran pastor, read a benediction at the end of the funeral. And it reads in part, Blessed are the agnostics. Blessed are they who doubt. Blessed are those who have nothing to offer. Blessed are the preschoolers who cut in line. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You are of heaven, and Jesus blesses you. Blessed are those whom no one else notices. The kids who sit alone at middle school lunch tables. The laundry guys at the hospital. The sex workers and the night shift street sweepers. The closeted the teens who have to figure out ways to hide the cuts on their arms. Blessed are the meek. You are of heaven, and Jesus blesses you. Blessed are they who have loved enough to know what loss feels like. Blessed are the mothers of the miscarried. Blessed are they who can't fall apart because they have to keep it together for everyone else. Blessed are those who still aren't over it yet. Blessed are those who mourn. You are of heaven, and Jesus blesses you. Pastor Nadia concluded that Jesus invites us into a story bigger than ourselves and our imaginations. And today, in the Gospel, I believe that Jesus invites us to be connected, connected by a love that transforms, a love that was at the foundation of the world, God's love. Jesus prays for oneness in the gospel today. Jesus prays for all to be one as he and the Father are one, and that oneness that he prays for is inclusive. That oneness that he alludes to, that he speaks about, alludes to the mystical, divine union of God, the Trinity's union poured out into the believers' lives. That oneness also points to the shared desire to respect the holiness and dignity of our common humanity, our life together, believers and non-believers. 
that unity and love and grace rooted in God poured out for humanity. I believe that the oneness in community and collaboration in all the world and especially in the church and what John Philip Newell refers to as the Christian household, that oneness in community and collaboration is a large part of what Jesus yearned for and prayed for, prayed for for his friends back then, his disciples back then, and for us today. Jesus prays and yearns and longs for oneness in respect, a oneness in dignity, and being one in holiness and witness. The setting for Jesus' high priestly prayer in the upper room is Monday, Thursday. So today we read from John 17 about Jesus. Right before he is arrested, sentenced, crucified, entombed, and resurrected. The prayer we hear today is the last thing he says to his disciples in the Gospel of John. The Gospel says that he looks toward heaven and prays that we all may be one. Debbie Thomas writes beautifully on this passage. She says, in an outpouring of words and emotion, Jesus asked God to do for his followers what he cannot do. To be for us in spirit when he can no longer be for us in body. May they be in us, he prays. May they all be one. May they know the love that founded the world. May they see the glory of God. Later on in that same essay, she asks why we pray. And she says that I pray because I am compelled to do so, because something in me cries out for engagement, for relationship, for attentiveness and worship. I pray because my soul yearns for connection with another who is God, and that connection is best forged in prayer. With words and without words, through laughter, through tears and hope, and in despair, prayer holds open the possibility that I am not alone, and that this broken, aching world isn't alone either. I pray, as C.S. Lewis writes, because I can't help myself, because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. I pray because Jesus did. I ask because Jesus asked. Asking is the last thing he did before his arrest, the last tender memory he bequeathed to his friends. He didn't awe them with the grand finale of miracles. 
Neither did he contemplate their futures and despair. He looked up to heaven with a trembling heart and surrendered his cherished ones to God. Jesus asked because he loved too much not to. I believe that the oneness in community and collaboration that he asked for, although interpreted in many ways, can be defined in three categories. The first three are what it is not, the what-nots of oneness. And the other three are the what it is, the that's it of oneness. The first, the what-nots. The oneness that Jesus prays for is not a call to sameness, for us all to believe and recite and agree and act and dress and be the same. It's not a call either for conflict avoidance or the other side of conflict avoidance, which is looking for conflict because you get a thrill or there's a power in the adrenaline and the chaos. The oneness is not a call either for unity over justice. I believe that the oneness is a call to connection in prayer. It is a call to connection in communion. And it is a call to connection in love. We are not called to be the same. Jesus is not praying for us to deny who we are. And any time anybody wants to push you towards a conformity that denies who you are and how God made you, that is not of God. Oneness is not about all of us being the same, and we can see that so clearly in the Acts lesson, that beautiful story where there are regular people and evangelists and the anti-heroes, the enslavers, and the enslaved. That beautiful story, which we don't know how it ends for the slave girl, but even though Paul cures her out of annoyance, as it says, that somehow when her value to the people who own her goes away, my prayer, though we do not know, is that once she lost value to them, she was freed to live her life as the precious child of God that she is. That Acts story has so many characters in it. Paul and Silas, the jailer, who wanted to end his life because he thought, that he had not done his job, and the, those who were in prison were called to him, 
his value. And in the end, he was baptized. So we are not all called to be the same. Jesus was not praying for that type of oneness, but a oneness to root ourselves in God's glory, to be who we uniquely are for the common good. I do not believe that the oneness Jesus prayed for was for conflict avoidance, but neither to stir up things unnecessarily. We are called to walk with each other in discomfort, as Brene Brown says, to choose discomfort over resentment. That means to bring up the issues that we disagree with, the perspectives that are keeping us from walking together, to bring them up firmly, respectfully, prayerfully together, to choose discomfort over the resentment of keeping everything in. And even though that is often very awkward, we are called to do awkward, to step in to our differences, to pray with each other through them, and sometimes to agree to disagree. Again, I say we are not called to unity over justice. And what I'm talking about there is division. There is many, there are many types of division. <coughs> One type is ego-driven, where you take your toys and leave because you do not get your way. And the other is a division that occurs when you stand up for love. A division that occurs when you stand up for the rights of those on the margin. A division that occurs when you find the courage to witness to the hurt in this world. Yesterday, the first woman who is a lesbian was elected as a diocesan bishop in the Episcopal Church in the Diocese of Michigan. Will that bring division with other churches who still aren't sure that they accept women's ordination? Yes. Was she elected because of who God made her to be? Yes. Was she elected for her gifts? Yes. Suzanne Russell wrote, about the election, that the audacious goal of God's reign of love where there are no outcasts, where the earth and all its beloved creatures are healed and whole and reconciled is still somewhere out over the horizon. But the incremental joy of a brilliant, feisty, kayaking, Jesus-loving woman 
being the bishop-elect of Michigan is an incremental step forward worth celebrating. So those were the whatnots of oneness. And now I want to spend a little bit of time on what the Nicene Creed identifies as the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The oneness that I do believe that Jesus prayed for today. A commitment to connect to each other through prayer. And we pray because we feel that longing and because Jesus prayed. We are called to be connected in communion, even in disagreement, through our divisions, because our heart and our root and our vision is in God who is all in all. We are called to be connected by love which means that we must, in some way, act that love. Love not only with our lips, but in our lives. There was so much violence this last week. Again, violence that we are getting almost used to. Uh, gun violence in which many people lost their lives, this time in Virginia Beach. And when we think about unity and we lament the distance we have to go and celebrate the steps forward, I think that there is a clear way that we are all, whatever we think about other issues, are called to walk together. And that way is addressing the epidemic of violence in our country. That way is a call that we pray and act and keep vigil. Pray and act and keep vigil with Ryan Keith Cox, with Tara Welch Gallagher, with Mary Louise Gale, with Alexander Mikhail Gusev, with Joshua Hardy, with Michelle Missy Langer, with Richard H. Nettleton, with Catherine A. Nixon, Christopher Kelly Rapp with Herbert Burt Snelling with Laquita C. Brown and with Robert Bobby Williams all killed in Virginia Beach last week. I believe that we are called most especially these days to pray act and keep vigil together that no more names are added to the roster of loss. We are called to pray, act, and keep vigil to be one in our shared desire to respect the holiness and dignity of our common humanity and life together. And so to end... I repeat that the oneness that Christ prays for before he steps off 
to his final mission is to be one in respect, to be one in dignity, and to be one in holiness and witness. Amen.